you know, at the end of the day, what is community and why do people want to join community? It brings me back to like the core idea of humans just want to connect with other humans on a deeper level and people just want to make friends and, and they want an excuse to make friends. They want an excuse to be able to connect. Hello, investors. This is Michael with Investorly. At the intersection of financial education and opportunity, we empower you to invest early. In episode 19, we welcome Steph Sudo, an NFT community manager. We learn how Steph got started in the space, hear her engagement style, and take questions from the community. The Investorly podcast is brought to you by Dayslice, our home for all scheduling, payment, and website solutions in one place. Stay informed of upcoming episodes, receive our valuable weekly newsletter, and learn to earn by subscribing at investorly.substack.com. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Where did you start investing early in yourself, in NFTs, or did you get into crypto? Like, how'd you get to this point? I love that question to start. Yes, I am involved in a lot of things and I host a lot of shows. I love probably my favorite show that I host is my ladies night show um, that I try to host a couple times a month. And I go around with my friends and we talk about what we're doing in the NFT space. Sometimes we have special editions. Last time we did a, a Shark Tank like episode where we had NFT projects come up and, and pitch and yeah, I have fun with stuff. Um, but going back to my origin story, um, you said investing in yourself. And it made me think the first time I really invested in myself was when I decided to drop out of college. And, you know, I had to pay for college myself. I was trying to work full time to afford it. And I decided to drop out and instead use the money to invest in um, my education, things that I wanted to learn. I really didn't know what I was doing in college. Um, but when I dropped out, I decided. I wanted to be on social media and I wanted to um, learn how to grow my own business on it and, and put my face out there. I think of myself as like a live entertainer. Like I love being in the spotlight. I love, I, I don't mind, you know, when the camera's on me, like I like putting myself out there. A lot of people in the NFT and crypto space are anonymous. Um, so I think I stand out in that regard. Um, but it all started when I took courses about social media and, and learned how to grow a business on it. And I started a glitter business with my twin sister. We, we called ourselves the Glitter Twins. And we would sell glitter um, to people that go to festivals and raves. And we grew that on Instagram. And so we would go live every single day on Instagram. We'd be selling um, the glitter live. And, and we learned how to build a community. Um, and, you know, that lasted a couple years, then decided, you know, this isn't what I wanted to do as my career and moved on. And then I became a content creator. Um, I got really early in TikTok. Um, and luckily I had a friend who kind of was really smart with the algorithm and, and kind of taught me, okay, here's how you go viral. Here's how you grow your account. Um, I ended up growing, uh, to over 600,000 followers on TikTok. I, I ended up being top 25 in the LGBTQ community, making content, to help kids come out and just be comfortable with who they were. Um, and then I moved on from that. I'm always moving on from things, um, but I moved on for that because I was like, all right, it's getting oversaturated. Um, and I got into NFTs and I had gotten into crypto years back. I think 2017 was when I got into crypto. And I remember I didn't have any money. So I put all the money I had, I put like $300 into Ethereum, Bitcoin, and like Litecoin ended up not being a good investment. But the Bitcoin and M, I ended up checking back. I forget, I think a year later. And I was like, whoa, my 300 turned into 700. This is awesome. And then I got into NFTs October 2020. Um, I got into MBA Top Shot, which is a platform built on Flow Blockchain. Um, they're selling digital moments. So kind of like little video clips. Um, similar to physical trading cards. These are digital moments on the blockchain that you can own. Um, and so I got really early as soon as NBA Top Shot opened up their beta to the public, I was in and, um, you know, I was buying series one common moments for a dollar. A couple months later, people started finding out NFTs became more popular and, you know, my portfolio really skyrocketed 
And then I started getting into other NFT projects, um, some on Ethereum blockchain. A lot of NFT projects are on Ethereum, the very popular blockchain. And, and then I felt like, you know, I got so blessed being so early in this space. And, you know, I know how to put myself out there that I just started creating content for everyone. Um, just built up my Twitter from zero followers. Um, I think I have 20K now. Um, and I built up my Twitch channel where I go live. And I just started educating people. And, you know, the space is so confusing. There's so much going on. It can be really intimidating. And I just wanted to create a safe space for people who were new, who, you know, weren't afraid to ask the noob questions. And um, I just wanted to provide value. And then I joined the Cryptoys team in May, actually. Um, so it's almost been a year uh, working with Cryptoys. I was the first hire outside of the five founders. Uh, we now have a team of 30 members. Um, and we are hoping to launch this spring, assuming everything goes well. And yeah, it's been a year of kind of growing our community without our 3D product you know, that we're launching, we were able to grow our community just from events, just from fun things. We even did an airdrop. Shout out to everyone who has a Cryptoid Classic, our, our 2D um, airdrop that we did for all the early supporters. And here we are. Wow, that's that's fascinating there. There's stuff, there's a lot to unpack. I feel like you've lived a few lifetimes. I have, point. and I haven't even covered it all. I I have my personal life outside of social media that has taken a roller coaster too but you know you know how it goes I, I don't even know how you find the time to have a personal life it doesn't sound like you can um but <laughs> kudos to you for finding it uh yeah but i wanted to I, I wanted to um step back a little bit here you know obviously the different uh avenues you've been in you've you've been an entrepreneur uh you've gotten into nfts um and you you dropped out of college but who are some of the your early mentors or mentor possibly that uh, inspired you to maybe create your own business, uh, be a part of the LGBT community, um, maybe get into NFTs. Was there one mentor, were there several mentors uh, kind of guiding you throughout these these different things and inspiring you to uh, where you are today? That's a great question. Um, several mentors. I, I, I definitely, I'm not the type of person, and I don't think any successful person has really gotten anywhere without mentors. Ty Lopez, actually, huge mentor, especially back in 2017 when I was first learning about crypto. I took a crypto course, and that really helped me kind of dive into the whole. His course was also how I learned about social media um, because he had a social media course. And he, he's really who taught me about entrepreneurship. And his motto, Ty Lopez, his motto is, you know, focusing on all the pillars of life, health, wealth, love, and happiness is the four pillars that he talks about. And so sometimes, you know, you get caught up in one pillar and it's like you forget about the rest. And so I, I always think about those four pillars when I'm thinking about my life goals because it's not all about wealth, you know, like what about your health? You know, what about your love life? Like what about your happiness? Um, and so Ty Lopez has been a huge mentor um, to me back starting back in 2017. Gary V also starting back in 2017, huge mentor as well, just teaching me like, if you really want to go for something, like just do it and, and take action because ideas, everyone has ideas, but it's all about who can execute on them um, and really taking risks. And then my own mother has been probably the number one most supportive person um, throughout my whole journey. And even when I dropped out of college and everyone thought that that was a bad idea, my mom was like, one of the only people who like really believed in me and, and thought, you know, if you really want to do what you want to do, then I believe in you no matter what. And I'll support and, and not financially support, emotionally support. And I do believe that, you know, it's so important to have at least one person that like really supports you no matter what. Um, and for me, that's my mom. So she's always been an inspiration, um, to me and, and just made me feel comfortable, like taking big risks. And I've taken some really big risks in my life, including one that I didn't even talk about yet. But, but, um, I was on this world tour teaching, speaking on stage, which was a huge fear of mine, speaking on stage in the spotlight on stage, teaching business owners, how to use social media to grow their business. Um, and that was a huge thing that like totally pushed me outside of my comfort zone that I was 
not comfortable with, but that like really helped me grow as a person um, and helped me grow in, in just the confidence of putting myself out there and just like being myself. Getting, getting over the fears. Unfortunately, the, the, the best way to do it, uh, to do that is to actually do it. And you know, it's, it's funny as public speaking is always like in the top three of everybody's uh, biggest fear. So sometimes people, mm-hmm. it, sometimes death is actually uh, lower on the totem pole than than public speaking, and so people would rather die than give public uh, speeches, which is funny. Jeez, uh, yeah. I've seen that statistic too. And then like spiders are up there too. People have like this crazy fear of spiders. Yeah, but I did want to comment on um, Ty Lopez. You said uh, being a mentor to you, so. I've never met Ty Lopez, but I have two very strong connections to Ty Lopez. And a guy that I know from years ago, his name is Zach. He actually became the personal assistant for Ty Lopez. And he's like in all of his videos. I think, yes, I know like exactly who you're talking about. Zach, yeah, he's like the comedian. Yeah. Everyone is always thinking everything he says is so funny. Yeah, I know who you're totally talking about. Or, that was totally organic that he he became like part of Ty Lopez's videos because he would actually give Ty Lopez a hard time and like kind of make fun of him. And so he incorporated it into his videos. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's his childhood friend from elementary school. So they go way back. Oh, that I didn't know that actually. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been like his friend and, and even Ty says, you know, new friends are, but old friends are better. And it's like, you know, if you can keep people around that have been with you from when you were younger and have gone through all these changes, like, yeah, Zach. I've actually met Zach in person. Like he's, he is really funny. Oh, nice. Okay. So, and the other connection I have is that, uh, when my wife and I, when we first met, uh, she would be getting text messages from this random number. And Ty Lopez is all about creating an environment, especially if he's out like at a club or, or a fest music festival or something. And he, I, somehow he got her number and like, I think it was Zach or somebody else was always texting my wife, asking her to come out to like a club to be like an environment model and, <laughs> or an atmosphere nice. model. Sorry. Uh, and she was like, who is this guy that's always texting me? So it turns out it was Ty Lopez. So I've never met him, but I have two strong connections leading me to him, I guess, someday. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, that's great. Yeah, but I just wanted to mention that. But uh, Mike, I think you have something. Go ahead. The connections are strong. All right. So. We've heard about your first kind of investments and then, you know, investorly stands for invest early, essentially in yourself. So financially, mentally, physically, in general, get you on that path to the financial freedom. You talked about uh, the Bitcoin, the Ethereum, the Litecoin from a cryptocurrency standpoint, and then getting into uh, Top Shot as early back in October of 2020 and the NFT space. So now take us from that point where you, you get your first, let's say, digital uh, collectibles in the form of NBA uh, cards, right, from Top Shot, uh, to the point where then you see, you get to that point where you uh, become the first employee outside of the founders uh, for Cryptoys. And, and what was in between there? Were there other uh, NFT projects? Did you imagine the NFT space continuing to, to, to blossom? Did you see this coming? Or uh, you just... You kept seeing how hot it get got from the start with Top Shot, and and one thing led to another. And what were those things that led to the point where you again get hired by Cryptoys? Yeah, that's a great question, um, and there's a lot of questions in that question. I will answer all of them, but I will say, and I don't know who says this, but I know this is a popular formula, and it's like when luck meets preparation, or when opportunity meets preparation, like that that equals luck or something like that. And I believe that because I was preparing myself basically to be, I really wanted to like be the face of an NFT company and, and kind of lead the way um, because I know that that's my strength is, is being a community leader and putting myself out there. Like that's what I'm good at. That's what ever since I dropped out of college, I got good at. And, and so I knew that that was my skill. I wasn't desperate to jump onto just any project. And in fact, I was getting plenty of DMs every day, and I still do, of people that want to represent their project. And um, so it's like, how did I even pick Cryptoys? Um, but backing up, as soon as I got into NBA Top Shot, months later, right, I got into October. There was a huge spike in February of users. And then there was kind of a market crash in, Jan- in March. And everyone, you know, there was kind of like, obviously a lot of things that Topshot needed to work on. And so I was, I was making Topshot content exclusively just Topshot content. Like I, I wasn't making any other content. Um, 
if for the NFT space, I was just making it about that project. And then I did, you know what, A, I'm not even working for Topshot. I'm not getting paid for this. Um, and I don't want to, cause I'm not even like a huge, like sports fan anyway. I just got early and I got lucky. Um, and B clearly, you know, top shot needs to work on some things. Let me like move on while I'm waiting. Right. I'm still going to hold all of my moments that I have. And still to this day, I have over 300, but I'm going to kind of branch out. And I started seeing my friends branch out. Um, in particular, I remember one of my earliest friends I made in this space, NFT newbie, she, she started branching out um, and she was exclusively into Top Shot um, with me and my twin sister, Jen. Like we were all exclusively into Top Shot. And then she started branching out and I was like, and then some, some of my friends, uh, Young Content, he started t- telling me about, hey, there, check out these other projects. And so I was noticing these other projects like, hmm, okay, should I get into these other projects? Like it's a little bit scary, but I decided to just go for it and jump in. And my first investment was in, um, I think they're called Voxies. And that was like one of my first investments. Um, I paid with Ethereum that I had already had bought years ago. So I was like kind of over leveraged on it. And then I decided, okay, let me try to, me and my twin sister, we went in on this together. We bought like a couple of Voxies and we're like, okay, let's try to quick flip these. Well, the quick flip thing didn't work. It ended up taking months for us to like be able to sell a little bit more than our investment. And um, that's when we learned the space is pretty unpredictable. Like you, you can't exactly like time the market with things. But that's when I just started getting into other products. And I was just making content for free. Like how I got noticed um, for Cryptoys is one of the investors in Cryptoys. Um, and if you don't know, for the first round, Cryptoys raised um, $7.5 million, um, from companies like uh, investors like Dapper Labs, um, Sound Ventures, which is Ashton Kutcher's company, um, CoinFund, and, and several others. Um, but one of the investors was like, yo, Will, who's the CEO of Cryptoys, you should really check out this girl, Steph Sudo. I'm following her on Twitter. She always is staying up to date on all the latest Top Shot news. And I was just posting this stuff, mind you, for free. Like I was just trying to keep the community involved, engaged. I felt like I was a prominent voice in the community uh, community at the time. And so, yeah, Will reached out to me and he's like, hey, this is uh, a project we're building on Flow. And I was kind of, that kind of piqued my interest because Flow blockchain is what NBA Top Shot is on. And the reason why I love Flow so much is because there's no gas fees. And so I took the meeting and I learned about these digital toys on the blockchain. Cryptoys was an idea four years ago, near the time when CryptoKitties came out. But at the time, it just wasn't reasonable to put Cryptoys onto the Ethereum blockchain. Um, And even CryptoKitties, which was uh, a project that Dapper Labs, the same company behind Topshot, CryptoKitties was on Ethereum and, and their whole thing is just breeding cats to make more cats. So you're just making more and more and more NFTs and it's a huge like volume game. But the problem with the volume is it ended up becoming more expensive just to breed a cat than it was to like, um, to buy one or that it costs more in fees than the value was like the cats were worthless basically. And so it was like, why are we paying all these fees just to get like worthless cats um, shouldn't we be doing something where there's no fees? Um, that would make more sense. So Dapper Labs is actually the company that created Flow Blockchain, and they solved their own problem that they were having on Ethereum. And so Topshot was the first use case, the first platform that actually built itself up on Flow. Um, and I just saw like such a huge potential with Flow um, that when Cryptoys reached out to me, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. You know, I looked at all the founders, there's five of them. I did research on them and I saw that um, they, have, they had success, you know, scaling a team from scratch. Their last company, Live Ninja, um, which was like a video course platform, you know, they scaled it, they raised money, they scaled it to being acquired. And so they clearly understood business, which, you know, if you get into the NFT space, a lot of NFT projects often don't really understand the business aspect. They're more like mom and pop shop, which is great, but that wasn't what I was looking for. Like if I'm looking for a career in the space, I wanted to be involved with a project that like had the fun, like the fact that they raise money, great. You, you can actually be doing stuff before we launch. A lot of companies or a lot of projects, they have to 
wait until they launch and mint out to then get the money to do stuff. But we've been building for a year off of the money that we've raised. You've raised money on to, at Cryptoys. A lot of people may not know Cryptoys if they're not in the Twitter sphere. You talked about earlier that you're you're launching, hopefully, did you say this week? Was that correct? No, not this week. God, no, not this week. I'll be stressed out if it was. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, I missed that. I don't know if spring. it got rugged for a second. It's spring. spring. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. So just to, just to make it clear, too, I have a Cryptoys Classic myself, So, uh, which is awesome. So I'm in the Discord for Cryptoys. I paid attention uh, and, and watched how your community building and uh, working inside of the project. So uh, it sounds like you were into Top Show, how Dapper Labs worked, understood the Flow blockchain. And, and because of that, that was your uh, point with uh, Will picking you and reaching out and get you to Cryptoys, yeah? Yeah, that's correct. And so now we're at Cryptoys. And now talk about it because you are head of community and social and that entails a lot, right? So much responsibility, but so much uh, excitement goes into that. And obviously you're doing a lot of, when you think about communities and NFT communities specifically, do you have specific values, uh, styles that you look to as examples of what you strive for, for the Cryptoys uh, community itself? Yeah, I think, I think like, Working with a project behind the scenes, like, and there's a lot of stuff that we don't show. Um, you know, I'm a part of a lot of meetings, a lot of discussions, and I think like there's so much work that goes into projects that people don't realize. Um, you know, and and my job is to kind of what are we showing to the public, and when, and and like how do we involved without having launched our like when I started in May, it was like okay, we don't have any social media. We don't have anything set up. You know, we're not launching for a while. What should we do? And I just started doing what I do best. And I decided, well, let me create a podcast show. Let, let's like share insight into what we're doing and kind of share behind the scenes. Um, and so when I was thinking about community and building our community, what does it look like when you don't have a product? And to me, it looks like you're sharing progress. Um, and I think that's something that's really underrated that a lot of NFT projects do not do that I really wish they did more of. And even artists and even like, I don't know, people, if you're involved in, with an NFT project and you want more people to know about it, you don't have to launch. Like you can just start sharing the stuff that you're working on. Um, you know, I started interviewing everyone on the team, learning about their background and so that people can just feel involved with us without having, without anything to buy, they could still feel like they're involved. And then events, you know, just throwing events, you know, at the end of the day, what is community? And why do people want to join community? And I think about that a lot, because everyone's answer to why are you into this NFT project? It's always because of the because of the community. And it's like, okay, well, what is community? What does that mean? And um, I really thought about it. And it just, it brings me back to like the core idea of humans just want to connect with other humans on a deeper level. And people just want to make friends and, and they want an excuse to make friends. They want an excuse to be able to connect. And so when I think about community, that, that's what I think about and just involving everyone um, as much as we can. So you talk about communities and making friends and everybody wanting that. You have a lot of responsibility in that. I look at the Crypto Social channel um, and the most recent pinned tweet. It says, what if a toy company was built entirely from the ground up as digital first and NFT native? And then you talk about what would the concept of play look like in a Web3 world and what type of new experiences would that unlock? So I know you guys can't wait to show us, but what can you tell us right here on the podcast about uh, what the future looks like inside of Cryptoys? Yeah. So actually, fun fact about that tweet, the CEO, Will, himself actually tweeted that. And, and um, he said he was feeling just very inspired. And, and so he tweeted that. And it made me think about things, too. Um, but I will say what I can tell you about Cryptoys is, you know, we're not just another um, PFP project. We're really three pillars. And this kind of how we look at Cryptoys. Um, and I think pretty soon... I think everyone will kind of look at Cryptoys this way. But we're kind of three different pillars. The first being digital toys and collectibles. Um, and obviously on day one, that's what you're going to be able to do is collect these different rarity skins. We haven't even released what the rarity skins look like. The team is very, very secretive about releasing stuff 
just because we would rather have things perfect than um, we'd rather have things perfect and late than on time and not up to our standards. And everyone on the team is like super perfectionist. Um, but digital toys and collectibles, second being entertainment and and media, are coming out with this animated short. It's like a two and a half minute animated short, basically sharing the backstory of our first three characters. We're going to come out with a lot of different characters, but the first three, you know, who are these characters? Where did they come from? What are their names? We have all of that um, and hopefully to be released soon. And then the third pillar being gaming. You know, what's the point of these toys if you can't play with them? Um, And what does play look like? You know, we're not going to build one game. We're going to build multiple games and they're going to be like fun mini games where you can kind of run around in their little world and play different games, depending on what you want to play, what you want to earn. Um, and that's all being built that, you know, that's not going to be on day one. Right. But we already have been thinking about this. We, you know, we even have an in-game economist to figure out supply and demand. And like, there is so many levels to gaming that I did not realize. Um, but those are the three pillars, collectibles, entertainment, and gaming. When you think of cryptoids, Um, You really want to think of it as a platform. Everything is going to happen on our website. Marketplace, the games, everything will happen on Cryptoys.io. Um, and we're very excited to share with everyone very soon. And I want to take the question from the Tahorius DPG in one second, but you mentioned that you're going to release the first three characters and everything is going to come directly from the Cryptoys website. So if you want to go to Cryptoys website, that's Cryptoys.io dot com c r y p toys t o y s dot com and on that website which is very clean uh, aesthetically it's pleasing it talks about saying hello to a new breed of NFT and you say the first three characters are we to believe that the main character or the character that is on the website at the front from Cryptoys is going to be one of the first released the first the panda the corgi and the kitty are going to be the first three released all at the same time the three will be released together. And then, then we're going to have another three, you know, after all of those um, are released. We haven't hinted to what those characters are yet, but they're in the works as well. I mean, we're thinking like, we think pretty far in advance. And um, we also have brand partnership deals in the works that hopefully we'll be able to announce over the next couple months. But brands are licensing on top of our platform. And so, you know, not just our own original IP, but you're also going to see characters from other very popular um, IP brands as well. Wow. The uh, the excitement uh, about that. I mean, it's cute, it's fun. The, the work has been consistent. You guys are up to 31 employees at Cryptoys. So the three characters, the, the one that's on the website that you look at is the Corgi, yes? Yeah. If you scroll down, you should see all three of them. But yeah, the first one that waves at you is our Corgi. Got yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's a great website uh, to check out and sort of see what it looks like is Cryptoy's main hub if you're interested in this NFT project. What do you say to the people that are listening to the podcast that maybe have been like you've heard from a number of times that don't understand these, aren't necessarily sure that they want to get involved or say to you, well, what's the value to me? Uh, what do you say to them? Yeah, it's totally understandable. Um, and in fact, even now when I talk to people about NFTs, like they're like, okay, what do I do? Where do I start? What should I buy? And it's like, oh my God, I feel overwhelmed for you because there's like so much um, and it can be overwhelming. The thing about cryptoids is, is you'll be able to buy with a credit card. Like, like we want these, we want your grandma to be able to buy these for grandchildren type of thing. Um, and so we want these to be easy, but it is true that a lot of NFT projects, it's often intimidating, you know, how do I buy, I have to buy crypto first to then buy the NFT. And then like, you know, where's the NFT stored? Like there's so many questions. Um, and I think for cryptoids, we're, we're trying to simplify this because we are really trying to target, um, you know, the mainstream, like people who don't own NFTs, those are the people that we, we really want to bring in. And, you know, I kind of do shy away from saying the word NFT. And as a company, we kind of are. We're saying digital collectibles, digital um, toys and collectibles, because NFT is a very, like, intimidating term. And people often think of, you know, NFTs, they think of, like, bored apes, which are, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's like, we want these, pro- we want these to be affordable. 
I like that you're trying to steer, I guess, the conversation and the talking point away from necessarily the term NFT because it can be so overwhelming. It reminds me of when you talk about, let's say, cryptocurrency, and, and I mean not you, but in general, the idea of the term cryptocurrency really just stands for what is blockchain technology. The underlying, you know, it's the underpinning of what the term is in the same way that an NFT is just the term, but really what's behind it. And that is you have digital collectibles. And, and so you guys are trying to build this brand at, at crypto. There's the, I guess, Web 2 with Web 3 and bringing, uh, you know, an NFT or a digital collectible and pairing it kind of with, uh, you know, your normal uh, individual with the ability to go kind of global and talking about purchasing with a credit card. I think I like that you're breaking it down and trying to simplify it because it is so overwhelming for people when they hear it. And then it makes you think, well, I don't have time for this. It's too much. Uh, and so it can be challenging. Let's take the community question now uh, from Notorious DPG. Uh, so I, I'll try to ask this without asking too much because I probably asked it six or seven different ways and trying to tweak the wording a little bit in regards to launch. So I obviously hold a, a bunch of classics. I fi- found you guys uh, right after the initial funding round um, with Dapper and everybody. So I've been on you guys for a while, big fan of the team. I mean, you guys are going to truly flip it, flip the script of what is uh, kind of expected with FT. I think what Will said with the uh, um, the Nintendo analogy, as far as the company, it kind of sums that up perfectly. But they've got over a dozen classics. I want to continue to buy sets because I think that could potentially be beneficial down the line would you think that would be a beneficial thought to have i'm not saying financial advice or what would you do but (laughs) not financial advice yeah first of all notorious um i see you all the time in the discord and i just want to give you a huge shout out for just being such an awesome member of our community and i love your cryptoid classic profile picture yeah it's awesome there's a couple they're cool i love them um, but yeah, I would say, so I had a conversation probably a couple weeks ago, um, with a few of the founders on, okay, what perks do we want to give classic holders, um, and per classic and like, like we really haven't like released any of those perks yet publicly. And I cannot do that right now today. But what I will say is you said, you know, would you recommend, you know, getting sets. I don't know about like it, you know, Oh, one court, one kitty, cor- uh, Corgi, <laughs> wait, kitty, Corgi, Panda. Why did that sound so weird? Um, I don't know about the sets. I don't know, but I will say that, um, per classic, it will be beneficial to have more, like the more classics you have, the merrier, and there'll be a benefit to each classic that you have. So, yeah, I'm not sure about the sets. I, I, I truthfully can't answer that. But I will that, say per classic, yes. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Fair enough. It makes it easier because when I get a random accepted offer and throws my sets off, it's like, oh, I got to buy another two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't think I don't think the sets um, should matter too I mean, much. Unless, yeah, the sets should matter too much. Unless we change that down the road, that wasn't a conversation. So I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's – yeah, I think we look at them all um, – all equally, they all do have the same rarities for the for the classics, and these will be pieces of artwork that you'll be able to hang up in your pocket, which is kind of like your little yeah your little place yeah. um, in the cryptoiverse, and and there'll be benefits to to hanging up the artwork. Um, but besides that, we do want to do some special stuff, and um, like I said, I can't say anything today, yeah, but yeah, I will. Yeah. I would I recommend yeah stock up on the classics and and with that said i appreciate you and what you do for the community just your energy alone and now hearing a little bit more of your backstory it it makes sense but uh yeah i appreciate that fitness was smart enough to pick somebody like yourself which has great energy and you know the mark mark of a, a truly good team is or you know will is smart people you know a lot of people's egos will not allow that but uh that's that's the mark of a real team but yeah Yeah. thank you thank you notorious thank you for the question notorious and so when you talk about the classics let's let's just set the stage here 
You're, the first launch is going to be the cryptoids that are going to be this spring, ideally. But the classics, the the the, the kind of V two or the two dimensional version of the cryptoids. Talk about how they were launched. You know, so there's a lot of people again that don't have any idea about this. So let's set the stage so that we can give them a better understanding. When you launch Toys Classic, how did you do that, or what was the 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 thought behind it, so that we can really give the people that starting mindset of how that it really got started. Yeah. So, um, you know, people, we had been building community. Um, people had been, you know, in the discord following our Twitter, like for months and, and, and it was like, you know, we're building, right. The team, the team is kind of building behind the scenes, but I felt like, and we all kind of felt like, you know, what about all these early supporters? Like, should we do something for them? Um, and obviously, you know, when we do stuff, that's going to take away from our timeline of, of, of working on our 3D project. But we did really want to do something. Um, and so we decided, you know, let's do a free airdrop for everyone who's like tuned in. Um, and I forget, I think it was in October, I want to say, that we did the airdrop. Um, and we basically like, just for the people that were paying attention. So we like opened up this Google form and we we're like, yo, anyone who, you know, put your wallet address on this Google form you have like three days. I think we had three days, um, to do it. And we minted 4,000 cryptoid classics, which are these 2d pixelated cryptoid characters. And so we airdropped them all for free. Like we wanted to just reward the community for being involved. And we did that right before we announced our funding, um, and purpose. We kind of wanted to reward the people who knew about us before the funding. And so yeah, like originally those were a free airdrop. There's only 4,000 of them. Those, I will say, those are probably going to be our most scarce like collection ever. Like the Cryptoid Classics, you know, might be one of the most scarce um, things we ever come out with because like I said, we're, we're really trying to go big and scale this. Um, but those were created for our very small community in the beginning. Um, and so now if you want a classic, you know, we created the collection on OpenSea. We used Polygon. Um, because it, it costs a lot less in gas. Um, and so, yes, we're building on Flow blockchain, but we did do this airdrop on Polygon because we were not prepared to do it on Flow. Like, we couldn't, we, we just weren't at that level. We worked with our artist, uh, 8-Bit is his name, also known as Alexis, um, and he, he's like a childhood friend of um, Fonz, one of the founders. And he's a really, really awesome pixel artist, and so he created all the pixel art for these and um, they're just, the, the classics are just a collection that are really near and dear to, to everyone on the team's heart. And at the moment, what we've done for the classic holders, you know, once a month we're throwing these exclusive events and for them, uh, bringing some team members in, giving them Axiom. And, uh, and then we did a holiday airdrop and we airdropped a bunch of holiday items for everyone who had a classic. And then we did really want to do a lot of other things, but like we had to put a hold on it because it takes a lot of work and this is just like a side thing. And it's like, we really have to work on our, you know, there's so much to do on our 3d project. Um, so we had to kind of put the classic stuff on pause. Yeah. Um, but, but we do want to bring it back up once we're, um, once we're launched, like we're going to build a bridge to kind of bridge over from polygon to bring all the classics onto flow because ultimately we want everything on flow. Right. Ultimately, the goal is to get it all in flow. But when you talk about classics having this exclusivity to them, I remember uh, that you had put this out. And the reason I wanted to just touch on the way that you created the Cryptoys Classic and the thought behind it is because we look at the NFT space and the most grail of all NFTs were CryptoPunks were also a free mint. And so you have got a free yeah. Uh, that was just people paying attention. It really just goes to show that investing early in any space, uh, specifically the NFT space and Web3 can can reap benefits and rewards by just taking some time to educate yourself, learn, get involved, participate and uh, find community. And then the next thing you know, you can start getting things that not necessarily you have to buy uh, or pay for, but will be just sent to you. And then the value of those assets can at some time uh, appreciate depending on how the team executes and, and properly uh, goes about the, the future thinking of the project. So the classics that are out there, uh, how do they tie into the, the cryptoids that are coming out this spring as a project? Will they be completely separate? I know you want to get them over to flow, but uh, will people that own classics 
also then immediately own uh, part of the new uh, airdrop or the new uh, launch, actually, not airdrop? Or how is that going to work for classic holders? So, you know, we, we, we kind of had that discussion and really thought about it. We don't really have time to like integrate a, a wallet checker in our website to then see if you have a classic to then let you buy or not. Like, it's just, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Um, and so, yeah, we can't like exclusively only let classic holders buy type of thing. Um, although that was a thought. And honestly, I did really want to do that. It, it's just, it's a lot of work. But we do want to be able to like reward the people that are holding classics and like give them, you know, uh, something. Like I said, we haven't like, look, I'm allowed to say everything I honestly would. And everyone knows me as a leaky faucet and I just like say everything, but I All right. can't. Steph, I apologize for that question. I feel like I'm now leading you down the whole, I think I understand. Yeah, I'm scared. This is recorded. You said, what if somebody from the team watches this? Uh, well, we hope they do because it's a great conversation, great place for you to get your 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 voice out, the community out, the cryptoids message out. So don't worry about that. But uh, uh, I guess move forward into where does Steph see herself uh, amongst cryptoids uh, when you look at the end of 2022? I mean, what will to you look like a successful year and uh, and, and give you uh, the ability to put a smile on your face on when you look back at it, thinking about what you want to accomplish? Ooh, that's a really great question. Um, there's a couple things. So first of all, um, building out my team on the community and social side. Um, Poof, who's in here, is our community manager. Um, it's like the first hire on the community side. And now we're building out. Now we have a copywriter. We have marketing consultant. We have So we're building up the community and social side. And I would love to grow out my team more. Uh, we have different departments, you know, we have a big art team, we have a big engineering, we have an AI team, a gaming and experience team. Like I'm really trying to grow out um, the community and social team. Um, and that's internally. Externally, I would love um, by the end of, you said this year, to have people like what I did for Top Shot, you know, creating content, keeping people in the loop. I would love to have a bunch of people a bunch of cryptoys content creators um, that we work with, you know, whether it's writing blogs, whether it's um, coming out with uh, videos, updates, um, whatever it is, I, I would just really love to work with content creators. Like being a content creator is such like a near and dear thing to my heart. And I just love people that can like package things beautifully and feed it to the audience, the masses, you know, people that want to learn. Um, and there's like, there's like so much going on that it, it is nice when people can simplify things for you. Um, so that's what I would love is building the team internally and then externally kind of building our circle of influence, influencers, as we call them. That would be a, a strong year. There's already a lot that has been accomplished by the Cryptoys team. We could kind of dive into this very deeply and it would be ours because there's so much on the, on the horizon when you talk about the three pillars that Cryptoys is focused on from collectibles, entertainment, and gaming, you guys can go to cryptoys.com uh, to get more. Uh, Danny likes to do rapid fire before we uh, wrap up, but I have one final rapid fire question of my own, right? And thank you so much for joining us, uh, Steph, uh, on episode 19 of Investorly's A Conversation With. The question is that you earlier in the conversation talked about having over 300 Top Shots. Top Shot kind of got you started with the NFTs and launched you into where you are today, bringing it all back together with the Flow blockchain. Which is your top top shot? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, it, it's probably a tie, but I will say the one with the most like sentimental value is is not one singular moment. It's actually a set. And I would say it's my Western Conference Finals set. It's a Series One set. Um, I think that was the first set I ever completed. And fun fact is they didn't sell all of those moments. And in fact, I think like 50% of them, they didn't sell and they're going to end up burning um, half the supply that they didn't sell. And so the set, the set is going to become a lot more scarce. Um, but that was probably the first set I ever completed. And, and it's the most near and dear to my heart because like, I don't really complete sets often, but 
I completed that last year and then I've just like kept them. I've kept them all. I've just kept the completed set. And like, I don't know, you know, sometimes you sell things and then it ruins your sets. But for that, I think that's a set that I will like never break. Just, <laughs> I don't even know why. It's just like, I have that ingrained in my brain. So that's great. The uh, unbroken set and then how sometimes you will sell stuff and it will break sets. I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. I did in uh, Top Shop for a while myself, and uh, I love nice. that. Uh, from Investorly, we have a uh, Cryptoys Classic ourselves, which keeps us uh, immersed in in following the project and the community and everything uh, that you do. We love to see it, love to support it, uh, and love to show uh, what NFTs are evolving to and digital collectibles. Uh, I know uh, we will be watching. Before we go, uh, I love to wrap up by allowing Danny to ask some rapid fire questions. Uh, and, and then of course, uh, again, thank you for joining us on Investorly as a conversation with. So Danny, take it away. Steph, are you, are you ready? I'm coming in hot. I'm always ready. Bring it on. All right. I love it. <laughs> uh, question one here. What is one thing you do in your daily routine that has contributed to your success? Oh man, this is actually difficult. <laughs> always ready. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> Dancing alone in my room with the music on blast. I've done that for years and that has contributed greatly to my success because it's like self-expression, um, dancing, like jamming out. All right. Dancing like there's nobody there and maybe there's people there. Maybe there's not sometimes. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, sometimes it's at the club and there's people. Sometimes it's alone, you know. Right. <laughs> okay. Question two. Uh, what does Women's History Month, which is this month, uh, mean to you now, and how would you like to see it in 2023? Mm. Um, you know, I I do think that there, you know, everyone always says, quote unquote, male dominated space, right? Like the NFT space. Um, but, you know, I try to create a platform for, for ladies in the space. I host ladies nights, um, which I highlight prominent women in the space who are doing big things um, in the NFT space. And so I, I really try to use my platform to kind of bring more awareness. Um, and so, you know, this month and every month, I, I really just try to highlight women's voices because, you know, I am a woman um, myself, but I also have the capacity to host and, and kind of highlight people. And not everyone wants to host, not everyone wants to put themselves out there. Um, so I'm just fortunate enough to, to be in that position to be able to highlight uh, female voices in this space with my ladies night events. I love it. A new job. Uh, so you. the next question for you, question three is, uh, you said in the beginning of this, that, uh, you were an ambassador for an LGBTQ, uh, organization, uh, helping, uh, young individuals coming out. Do you have mm -hmm. plans of incorporating an LGBTQ NFT or, uh, minting some of them possibly of your own or something like that? Um, when I was on social media out of my whole career on social media, the most backlash, hate, death threats, negative things were from my LGBTQ content. And honestly, like that's kind of why I got out of it. Cause it was just so much, it, it's kind of like too much to handle for me. Um, and not only that, but like helping a lot of people who were in a really dark spot, you know, their family doesn't accept them. And then they're coming to me and telling me their problems. And it's like, it's a lot. So I, I don't have plans for that just because it's like, you know, obviously being gay is a part of my life, but it, there's a huge territory that comes with it. And it's like, it's kind of too much for me, um, to handle. So no, at the moment, I don't have any plans to come out with an NFT project at all. Um, at the moment. Okay. Totally understood. Uh, and we support you by the way. Um, thank you. I appreciate but, uh, that. Yeah, I wanted to. Uh, next question is: When you had your glitter business and uh, you went to a lot of music festivals and raves, what was the favorite? What was your favorite one that you attended? Ooh, hands down, Electric Forest, which was this um, three-day camping music festival out in Michigan. Um, and I love like camping, like, and we were really camping, like roughing it with like a tent and like sleeping bags. Um, and it's awesome. It's just they, I love festivals over raves. And yes, there is a difference. Um, but festivals are so nice, especially in the forest when you can just be walking around and like all these cool, you know, activities and art and 
so much happening. Festivals and ravers, like people that go to festivals and raves, like everyone's motto is PLUR and it stands for peace, love, unity, respect. And like, and I've always kind of stuck with that motto. And, and that's what I really love about, about the festival space is like the vibes. Um, but yeah, Electric Forest, definitely. If you're a festival person, like that should be on the bucket list. I got it. And the follow-up to that, who's your favorite DJ? Ooh, oh, that's such a hard one. There's so many, but I really like Galantis um, because they, they'll like bring out instruments. Like they have a team, like, you know, it's not just one person. Um, Galantis is a group. And so, yeah, I really love Galantis. I also really like Rez. Like she's just super like trippy. Um, and then I really love Alice in Wonderland who she actually came out with her own NFT project um, that I have. And she's thrown a couple concerts in the metaverse uh, in some of the virtual worlds. So she's involved in the NFT space. I love her. Oh, very cool. Okay. So Galantis peanut butter jelly time. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and last question I have, what's, what's your favorite drink? Oh, alcoholic drink. If we're talking mojito hands down mojito i can never find a bar that has mint it's so disappointing like you know i just need a bougie bar with good mint so that they can make a mojito but where i live nobody has mint at the bar so i i just have rum and coke we'd like to thank steph sudo and the community for a great conversation the investorly podcast is brought to you by day slice our home for all scheduling, payment, and website solutions in one place. Stay informed of upcoming episodes, receive our valuable weekly newsletter, and learn to earn by subscribing at investorly.substack.com.